for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. So if you got your note, if you don't have the notes, do you all have the notes? I kind of like sitting right now for a time just because it helps me. And it doesn't mean I'll stay on this stool, but um, in fact, Marissa's shaking. Going, no, you're going to go wild. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, <clears throat> during my morning reading back in December, one time I, uh, I was reading Acts chapter 9 and verse 31 jumped out at me. And ever had a Bible verse jump out at you while you read it? Okay. It's what I call the Logos, the written word becomes rhema. Okay. The, the written word, I'm reading the Logos. See, I already got up. I'm reading the Logos. And then all of a sudden, that the other word for God, the rhema word, the spoken word, is like the Lord spoke that in my heart. It had particular weight on it that got me excited. I thought, well, this church in Judea enjoyed these four things. And then I started thinking, maybe this is something for River in the Hills in 2023. You know, I wasn't trying to get a word for the year. Thus says the Lord, 2023, you will be free in 23 or, you know. Nothing like that, but I did, uh, it did start to drop in me that this was actually an invitation for us as a church body to enter into these four things at a new level, at a sustained level. Not that they'll happen all the time, but that, wow, what, how cool would it be if we could walk in these four things and encounter these? So let's look at it. <clears throat> Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time, I love that, enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Now, there weren't periods or commas in the original, so I tend to think all four of those things were things we can enjoy. So you might not have been able to wrap your head around enjoying the fear of the Lord, but I'm taking that. As I, the more we learn today about the fear of the Lord, I think, I think you'll say, yeah, I'm enjoying the fear of the Lord. So I felt like this was an invitation for us to step into it, not an automatic done deal, but it so affected me. I actually set my alarm on my phone for 9.31 every morning, except Sunday morning, because that's in the middle of Sunday school. But all the other days, my alarm goes off, <clears throat> and I stop in, and I, I stop usually whatever I'm doing, and I start praying. Lord, would you cause us as a church to enter in to your peace this year? On the inside, may not be peace on the outside, but enter into your peace on the inside enter into your strength, physical healing strength, and strengthen our inner man in our mind to bridle our speech? Would you cause us to enter in to living, it says living in the fear of the Lord? And then would you cause us to uh, be encouraged by the Holy Spirit? So by God's grace, 
I'm committing to you to pray 300 times a year. I'm, you know, taking out Sundays and other days or whatever. You know, 300 times a year, I'm praying for us that we will enter into this. So, you now Kyle shared a couple weeks ago about the peace of God, enjoying the peace and the strength of the Lord. So I felt like today uh, we would talk about the fear of the Lord. Now, that I don't know that we'll do the fourth one, encouragement by the Spirit, because we talked about the, 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 the motivational gift of exhortation back in the fall. So, um, but I believe we're experiencing these four to a, to a new, new level. I felt encouraged today by the Spirit. So, but, I, but I do want to talk today about the fear of the Lord. Now, for lots of people, the fear of the Lord does not sound like an exciting subject, right? <clears throat> In fact, it kind of emotes, uh, it evokes a negative response because actually it's, it's fear. It's about fear. So, but I don't want that to put you off because I believe, truly I believe this, there are few themes in Scripture that have attached to them more benefit, more blessing, more promises than the theme of the fear of the Lord. And yet, it is so rarely mentioned or explained in contemporary Christianity. So, you know, let's, let's go for this. So what is the fear of the Lord? Roman numeral 2. I want to begin by, by describing the fear of the Lord, by describing what the fear of the Lord is not. Okay? Because there are actually four kinds of fear that are not the fear of the Lord. There's natural fear, demonic fear, religious fear, and fear of man. So once we kind of can dispel some misunderstanding and say, the fear of the Lord is not these four, then I think we can move on. So the natural fear is something God put in all of us to help protect us, to help keep us from unnecessarily hurting ourselves or, you know, uh, or put pain, you know, avoiding pain. You feel pain. It's kind of a there's a natural fear about certain things, and uh, but a couple of examples. I think I shared some of these back a few summers ago. I was talking about the fear of man because I thought there was a which I'll get to, but I, I think I used some of these examples. But natural fear. Think about being on a roller coaster. How many of you have ever been on a roller coaster? Right. Okay. I don't do that anymore. Because for biological responses, I will not go into. But you're at the top of that roller coaster. You're staring down. You start shooting down. And, and you're just, and you're, there's a natural fear that says, what if this roller coaster car doesn't make it around that turn? Now, when Kyle and when Grace and Kyle were little, we went to Disney World. And there was this ride called Space Mountain. Anybody remember that? Okay. Isn't that the one in the dark? It's like pitch dark. You're up there, and, you know, Kyle's like, this is so cool. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help my faith. Faith, faith, faith. But it shoots down. I mean, that's, that's natural fear. I'm, I haven't personally experienced this second one, but it's the fear of a soldier going into combat. That's natural fear. Even the bravest soldier is thinking, 
how close are these shells going to come? What's going to happen? Okay, so that's, that's a natural fear. God's given us natural fear, although I've heard of some children, rarely I guess, but some that, you know, eight or nine years old, they don't even, they're not afraid of traffic. And so mom's like, get out of the road, you know. It reminded me of Sweet Pea from the old Popeye commercial. Uh, you don't want to be like Sweet Pea. Can you show Sweet Pea up there? Sweet Pea, it's an old, I think in the, see, watch, see, no fear, no natural fear. See that? <laughs> All right. Can, come on, Sweet Come on, Lord. I think the Sweet Pea had angels working overtime. All right. So thank you. Thank you. So that's natural fear. Second kind of, well, we don't, that's okay. See, Popeye gets messed up, but Sweet Pea's great. Uh, demonic fear, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So this is a kind of fear that is not the fear of the Lord, and it proceeds from Satan. It's a demonic fear. It, it, there are three marks of demonic fear. It, at first, it proceeds from Satan, not God. Second, demonic fear tends to hold us back from obeying God. You know, some examples of that would be you get stirred to pray for someone for healing, and you don't do it. Or stirred to share the gospel with a neighbor, and you don't do it. Or, or stirred to give a financial gift, and you don't do it. In those cases, it could be demonic in its source. Notice 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, demonic fear says, don't access the power to heal that person. Don't love that person, that neighbor, to tell them the gospel. And don't give away that financial gift, because after all, you're, you need that money. Well, power, love, and a sound mind say, I have power to be released to heal. I have love for my neighbor to tell him the gospel. And my sound mind says, I give that away. God's my provider. So I see the, do you see how it kind of lays back on top of each other? The, the truth is power, love, and a sound mind. The third kind of fear is religious fear. Oh, wait, back up. Three marks of demonic fear. It proceeds from Satan. It tends to hold us back. Third, it's tormenting. 1 John 4.18 says, fear has torment. I hate this because it's the enemy trying to torment God's people. Claustrophobia would be a demonic fear. I know of a, of a minister's wife back years ago who was, had a spirit of fear for elevators, getting on elevators. She would rather climb up, walk up six flights of stairs than get on an elevator. And so they realized this, the, the pastor and his wife. They prayed, broke that spirit of fear, and she was able to ride elevators after that. Then there's the third kind, which is religious fear. This is fear that is taught by man, not by God. Isaiah talks about this, Isaiah 29, 13. He talks about a certain group of his people there in Isaiah 29. These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. 
and the, their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. So religious fear has three marks of it to it as well. It's taught by man, not by God. It focuses on the outer conduct rather than focusing on your heart changing. Like the outer conduct of uh, religious fear would be like, I better cut my hair before I go to church. I better wear a suit and tie. You know, religious fear has this idea of I've got to jump through hoops in order to show that I'm spiritual. Now, for, for greater reference on this, there's a great book that Nate wrote back there called The, the Religious Spirit. Shameless plug, is it, are they $15 a piece? Well, I thought it was a special this week, 15 a piece or 45 for three, right? Okay, so he's running a special, but truly it's a great book that will help you understand more. How many of you have been set free from reading that book? Okay, all right. Well, more, more than the hands need to go up. All right, because that's, that's a, a religious fear. It, it doesn't, okay, so the three marks of it is taught by men. It focuses on outer conduct and not the heart. And third, it doesn't produce the kind of obedience that God desires. I mean, you do some obedience there, but with that, but it's, it's out of a slavish attitude. I've got to obey God rather than a free obedience of sons and daughters, okay, which is what God desires. So, third, fourth kind of fear is a fear of man. Fear of man, we talked about this some in the past. Um, it's, it's Proverbs 29, 25. It says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Three marks of the fear of man. First, it makes man more important than God. In other words, people with the fear of man are more concerned with what other people think than what God thinks. Then there's the second thing the fear of man does is it holds you back from obeying God. Third thing it does is it's the opposite. If you notice that verse... The Holy Spirit juxtaposes fear of man with trusting the Lord. So if you fear man, you're not trusting the Lord. Okay, it's the opposite. It, 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 it's the opposite of trusting God. So these last three kinds of fear have two main features to them. They, they, the, the, the demonic fear, religious fear, fear of man... First thing is what they, what they do is they keep us from obeying God. The second thing is they don't produce peace in us. But now I'm starting to sell the fear of the Lord. Here's, I'm the salesman. But the fear of the Lord does the opposite to you. The fear of the Lord, when you have the fear of the Lord operating, you're motivated and empowered to obey God. And it produces peace. So let's look at what the fear of the Lord is, Roman numeral 3. And I've heard some messages on fear of the Lord, and a lot of them kind of have a negative tinge to them. But I want to ap approach what the fear of the Lord is more from a positive 
perspective. Because I'm telling you, since we put that sign outside uh, prayer room open to the public, and we called this during the week the over on the wall there, the Lake Travis prayer room, my heart has been marked with the love and the beauty of Jesus to where the, his beauty and love are truly what preoccupy the main part of my thinking, okay? So I want to, I <clears throat> you know, proceed from a positive illustration of what the fear of the Lord is. I like pictures, those who know me. So the first um, way to describe the fear of the Lord is paragraph A there. It's an illustration from nature. Picture yourself <clears throat> on top of a mountain. If you can put this picture up. You're on, I, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, let me turn it on. Okay, let, just picture that's me up there, standing up there, okay? On top, you're on top of this mountain, and you're overlooking the ocean. And you see the waves crashing against the shore. You see the, the birds, and the, it's, just, it's just beautiful out there. You turn around on the other side, so you look out. You can't really hear the waves crashing because you're so high up. But then you turn around, and here's your other view. You see this, if you can show this, this valley with a stream and all of that. Now, I would try to put it higher. I couldn't find a picture higher. But picture, you turn around, and so you've got ocean coming in here. You turn around, and you see all this beauty, the river, the, or the orchards, the forest, the mountains. And words that could describe this from nature. See, basically, I'm giving a natural illustration because that's how Jesus did with the parables. He said, I'm, <clears throat> Jesus was basically saying, I want to give you some spiritual concepts, but you're not going to necessarily understand because we don't see things, we don't see spiritual truths with our natural eye. But you can see this, you can look and see something beautiful, awesome. Picture, if you can go back to that other one on the ocean. So picture you're up there and, and you just, you look over. And you're like, this is so unique. There's no place in the world like this. I can look out over the ocean and turn around and see all this over here. And, and it's, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. It's wonderful. You know, just whatever definitions or descriptions that you would have of this. But at the same time, when you're standing up high like that, like one of those cliff divers in Acapulco, and you're like, how many of you been up high, way, way up high, and looked down off a, y'all with me? Is it too hot in here now? Are y'all, okay. It's now too hot. So, who's hot? All right, let's split the difference. It was a trick question. All right, so, you're up there at the same time. Well, like when I was at the Grand Canyon a few summers ago, if you don't mind showing that. So that's me at the Grand Canyon. You see the little rail behind me there? So when I go to this Grand Suzanne and I pull over, we look over, it was like, oh, this is beautiful. This is amazing. This is unique. It's like our Christian walk is unique. Walking with Jesus is like this unique place, ocean and all this beauty. 
But you look, you look and you see how steep it is and you're like, what if I step? What if I decide to do a little tightrope on that rail? What if I decide to take a few steps over? Not that I would, but that's the thought. I look in, I go, and you know what I did? I went, I backed up. I took a step back. That's a description of how I see the fear of the Lord. It's odd. He's walking with Jesus. He's the kindest one I know. He's always given me better than I deserve. He's so gracious. He's so tender. He's so gr- glorious. But I shudder to think what would happen if I took a few steps and went off because I look at that ocean, I go, my body would be dashed to pieces on those rocks. I would be dragged out to sea. Not that God wants me to, not that I think about it, but I have an ongoing inner reality, realization that I could. And so it's like, He's beautiful, but I shudder to think of what could happen. Now, I've been a Christian 47 years, and God's been gracious to me when I've done stupid things, when I've sinned and become vulnerable to things. He's been gracious to me. But I've also seen over 47 years tragic sincere believers who stepped away from God in the area of walking and they wandered away, started dabbling into other stuff and they shipwrecked their faith or tragedy happened. And if they're alive right now, if you know someone right now who's kind of wandering away, pray for them. They're still alive. The Holy Spirit can still speak to them. So don't give up on them. Don't write them off. Let's not be a people who write off this Christian author who said, wrote, I kissed dating goodbye. And then he kind of moved away from the Lord. And they interviewed Mike Bickle. They said, what do you think about him? He said, I pray that he'll come back to Jesus. They were wanting Mike Bickle to like pile on. He's like, no, he's still, he's still, he's still within the reach. All right, I, I got off track here. But that's, that's what the fear of the Lord is like. Does that help you understand? See, that, one person, my son, likes it. Understand anybody else? All right, you're with me? <laughs> he's, paid to, he's paid to say that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that's the first one. Uh, I've seen those tragic endings, and I shudder. I really do. Plus... He's so loving, and I love his voice and being, it would just cause me great angst to think I I would turn away from that. All right, Uh, B, another way to describe the fear of the Lord for some who aren't maybe as picturesque as me would be this. How do you describe the fear of the Lord? It's obeying the first of the Ten Commandments. First of the Ten Commandments, like Exodus 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Hebrew there, <clears throat> it can also be said, thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Same translation. So what you're saying with that kind of, of uh, not having the fear of the Lord is you're saying, you know, uh, I love you, God. I love you, but I love my good reputation just as much as you. I'm going to put my good reputation right beside you, and you are violating the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other God beside me. Well, God, I really love you, but I really love this thing too, this comfort, this materialism of, you know, it's like, because here's what happens when push comes to shove and God's after our heart. And when he's after our heart and he moves in us, we're going to have to make choices. And the fear of the Lord is going to help us to make the right choice. You know, I'll just say this. I do have a moment to share this. <clears throat> comfort. I said comfort could be a God. Uh, I actually had a time in a deliverance session years and years ago. A young lady, this was one of those deliverance sessions where demons were actually speaking through her. And she wasn't a Christian yet. Later, after the prayer time and the deliverance, she received Christ and got baptized in the Spirit. It was so cool. But at that point, the demons were speaking through her. And I was kind of new at this, so I thought, this is kind of cool. I think I'll talk to them. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that, but I kind of wanted to learn some things. I was, but, but don't do, don't do that because Satan's a liar and he's the father of lies and so demons love to lie, okay? But when they said this, I thought, you know, that <clears throat> over these many decades, no, I thought, this is actually true. I said, how did you come into her? And they said, she loves comfort. And I realized she was like, very, very popular with all the young bachelors in Fort Worth and they were taking her on trips and doing this and that. And, she's like, and I was like, whoa, I, I believe that that can actually become something demonic. Nothing wrong with comfort. Please don't hear me. We want, God wants us to have comfort, but not to put it right up next or to put it before God. Because fasting, <clears throat> God says fast, that's not comfortable, at least for me. Maybe comfortable for you. But not me. All right. So, so um, it, think about this. The reason I put this one up there, the living in the fear of the Lord is obeying the first commandment. Having no other gods before him. Think about it. The God of this universe who created the stars, the heavens, the galaxies. Almighty God has decided to become a partner and become a friend to you. He has stooped down and is coming to us as his bride. He's our bridegroom king. What an insult to Almighty God to say, I know you want to have a relationship with me, your Almighty God, there's none like you, but I think I'll put this God ahead of you. Or I think I'll put this next to you. Now that motivates me. Amen. All right, I'm going to move, move quickly now to the benefits, Roman numeral 3. I'm just going to list these. I'll say a few things about them, but I encourage you to study them out in your own time a little more because it, 
it is really exciting when we see what are the benefits of the fear of the Lord. Uh, A, it's wisdom. You'll have wisdom. Job 28, 28. You guys are doing great up there, by the way. Zeb, Zeb, Kashdan, thank you. Look at him. He looked at my notes and probably went, there's so many scriptures. Job 28, 28. And to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. B, second second benefit of walking in the fear of the Lord. I'm, I'm saying all this to say, church, I'm sharing this today so we can actually have a year, 2023, where we live in the fear of the Lord and we increase in that. How cool would that be to come to a church where people are gathering together, living in the fear of the Lord? So we would be wise. We'd have wisdom, right? Second, <clears throat> God's going to teach us. Look at that. It says Proverbs, uh, uh, excuse me, Psalm 25, 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Now, this verse indicates to me that God doesn't teach everybody. He teaches, he chooses his students, not based on how well they did on the exam, but on their character. You can, you can be a straight-A seminary student, and Jesus says, you're not one of my students, as if you don't have the fear of the Lord. God will teach you. See, he tells you his secrets. Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. You know, you tell your secrets to someone you're close to, to someone you trust. How, again, it's a regular prayer I pray. I don't know if y'all prayed that at IHOP, Malik, or not, but I was like, Lord, would you tell me some of your secrets? Because he'll, he'll trust me to not blab it out. Okay. Dean, fourth one, it prolongs our days. Now, I hesitated putting this one in there. I'm going to read it, and then I'll, I'll say why. Um, Proverbs 10:27 20, uh, says, <clears throat> The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Now, this is not a hard, fast rule. I've been a pastor for decades. And I've seen it start, I really got my cage rattled in the late 70s, early 80s, when Keith Green died in a plane crash. Okay, things like that just rocked my world. So I am not standing up here going, if you fear the Lord, he'll, you're going to live, da 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 But it, I will say it this way, I put it in my notes this way. You fear the Lord, you will live longer as a general rule than if you didn't fear the Lord. Days will be shortened for the wicked. But it is not a hard and fast rule, especially in the case of martyrdom. Right? So, but, but and I'll just flip it, I'll just flip it on its head because, you know, I care. Satan keeps people alive a lot, long time too. Exhibit A, George Soros. 
Where's, where's Sloan? There, thank you. It's true. Some of, some of the, big, the biggest arbiters of darkness, I think he satanically, demonically, supernaturally keeps them alive. And, and so I don't know where to go on a prayer point on that, but anyway. Uh, I'm going to, E, paragraph E, this is my favorite. All right, do I have E's or numbers on yours? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite right now. The living in the fear of the Lord gives you strong confidence. It, living in the fear of the Lord doesn't make you timid. Oh, the fear of the Lord. It makes you confident. Strong, it makes you bold. It doesn't make you weak. It gives you confidence. You know why? Because you're not spending all your energy trying to fight through guilt Amen. and shame. It's like, no, you know what? I'm a child of the king. I'm not perfect, but I'm living in the fear of the Lord. When I stumble, man, I get right back up. I go, here I am. So then when somebody comes in here that needs help, I have confidence in my prayers, not... Well, maybe, man, I've been so beat up, and the enemies. How many of you know the enemy's the accuser of the brethren, right? Well, you messed up. All right, I'll, I'll move on quickly. Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, so I will say this about this one. <clears throat> the reason it's my favorite as well <clears throat> is the fear of the Lord. When you fear the Lord, I think I put this in your notes. When you fear the Lord, you don't have to fear anything else. All of those ungodly fears we looked at, you get delivered from those. Well, where's that in the Bible? Well, I put it in a little notation. It's Psalm 34, verse 4 and 7. I'm going to read it, but I didn't have it in your notes. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. So you don't have to focus so much. I don't want to be in religious fear. I don't want to have demonic fear. I don't want to have fear of man. No, fear of the Lord. And he will deliver you from all these other ungodly fears. Is that, uh, am I selling you on my product today? All right, good. All right. <laughs> the last one there, I'll quickly say it. It leads to life brings satisfaction and protects from various kinds of evil. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction, and he will not be visited with evil. I want that. It's like the Godfather in the 70s. He, um, he makes us an offer. Well, I'll just say this. He's God, and he's our father. All right, so the Godfather said, nobody's with me. Nate, you with me? Godfather, original Godfather, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Well, God, as our Father, basically makes us an offer. Live in the fear of the Lord. Now, the sad thing is we can refuse it, but why would we want to? I don't want to live in these other fears. Amen. Marissa, worship team, if you could come up. Um, so, now that we want this, how do we grow in it? I wouldn't be doing you a service if, if I didn't, I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't give you some practical ways we can grow in the fear of the Lord. First, we've got to choose it. 
You've got to, we've got to choose the course that will lead us into the fear of the Lord. It's not going to happen automatically. I'm trusting today the Lord's going to strengthen all of us to choose the fear of the Lord, to choose to walk in that, in that course. Proverbs 1, 28, 29. Wisdom is personified here. So <clears throat> wisdom's talking like, like he's a person. And it's really the Lord talking. In verse 24 of Proverbs 1, the people called out. I mean, wisdom called out and the people didn't listen. Then in verse 28, it says, they will call to me, but now I won't answer them. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So let's make the choice today. I'm going to choose the fear of the Lord. Second, we've got to be willing to be taught. Well, not don't go around. I know everything. Listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. It says, listen, it, it says here, um, Psalm 34, 11, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You know, when you're trying to teach a child something, the child has to be listening or they won't learn. So we need to listen. It's, it's uh, disrespectful to the Holy Spirit if he's trying to talk to you and you're not listening. You're talking to me about that. We will learn. He will teach us the fear of the Lord. We make the choice. We're willing to be taught about the fear of the Lord. And then third, live daily in the Word. Daily read the Word. It will have this cumulative effect on you. Like taking vitamins. There's not one day you take vitamins and go, Wow. Wow, that vitamin, whatever. No, it's this cumulative effect of reading the word over time. Like going to the gym, going to aerobics, doing whatever. You, over time, you build strength. It's not, oh, I went in one day and now I'm. It's cumulative. Psalm, um, excuse me, Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 tells us four things or four ways to live or to move in a place where we find verse 5 says if you do these four things then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God so you, these four things have to do with the word of God and if you don't mind putting up the verse there. The first one is we need to store it, his commands, treasure his commands within you. It's like filling up storage bins and putting them in a, a storage space. Treasure them, you know, store, store the word in your heart. Second, incline your ear, it says. Incline your ear to wisdom. To incline your ear means you're actually moving towards saying, speak to me. Apply, I'm applying my heart and inclining my ear. Third, it says to call out for discernment, to call out, to cry out. If you cry out, so, so I put it here in my heart. I'm doing a little illustration at the end here. Put it here, incline your ear to, your, to the word. You call 
Lord, show me. Show me what the fear of the Lord is like. Show me what wisdom is. Show me who you are. Show me your face. And then fourth, it says you seek her as silver. You search for her as for hidden treasures. You could have them. People are search. If you search a field and someone said, you know, there's gold bars in here. There's silver in here. <clears throat> you say, hey, can I have a metal detector? You start looking. You start searching. That's, I'm going to appeal to the inside of you right now. Search him out. Search for him. Don't just go, well, maybe. No, Lord, I want to know who you are. I want to understand you. I'm going to take the time to come before you. And you, you, you start looking, and oh, hey, maybe it's over here. And so you just start, you kind of start crawling around. Maybe, you know, maybe it's here. I'm doing this so you can remember. Maybe it's here, and it's not on the screen, because I, oh, you are doing it on the screen, okay. All right, you, maybe, it, but you're searching for it, like hidden treasure, hidden treasure, hidden treasure, hidden treasure. Oh, there it is. The fear of the Lord. Then you will under, understand the fear of the Lord, and then you will find the knowledge of God. They go together. Because God reveals himself to those who fear him. But we got to search it out. Like, like if someone told you on your property, there's like a, a million dollars of gold, I think you'd want to search it out. There's gold in them, thar hills. There's gold in the living, pursuing Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. Let's stand up. this was so fun is because I believe Acts 9.31 is something God's inviting us into and I believe on what I'm hearing from you in your heart today is I want, I want the peace of God, I want the strength I want to live in the fear of the Lord I want to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit I'd like us to I'd like to say this Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to speak to hearts because this phrase came in my, my mind. What you fear becomes your God. What we fear becomes our God. And so with if you're fearing financial lack, then money becomes your God. If you're fearing sickness or any other kind of negative fear, spirit of fear, religious fear, or fear of man, man's approval becomes your God. I want us, I want to open this altar give you an opportunity to, to put feet to your faith. I know we're going a little late, but I'm going to open this altar up and then I'll give it over to Kyle. 
Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be in I first ask that you give us courage to not have fear of man, to say, yeah, I don't, I don't want that other fear anymore in my life. I only want the fear of the Lord. So if there's a, any other fear that we've been entertaining, we've been letting it rule us, if it's religious duty, and say, I'm going to come to this altar and I'm going to put that, put that wrong fear at the altar and I'm going to receive the fear of the Lord in a fresh new way. Would you come forward as you pray? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.